time it is? It's the microphone works today time. That is right, it's tremendous. Coming through your ears is Otis Complains James. You can find Otis James on Spotify. This is the, He's the house DJ. He takes care of us at Tremendous. But forget all that. Forget everything that I just said. All that is important is that right now I am your host, Elliot Rovetti. And with me, via the digital leather-bound chair that is the Tremendous Studio, we have Tommy Delta Strain Wits. <laughs> I'm going to be vaccinated in four days, baby. You got, I, that... That nickname isn't going to last very long. It's going to date terribly, especially when you <laughs> well, get the Delta strain from refusing to get vaccinated. Well, the, listen, getting the vaccination has nothing to do with uh, me being less contagious or anything like that. If you got the vaccine, <laughs> give it to me. If you, if you got the vaccine or the disease, give, I'm going to suck it out of your veins just so I can prove That's that uh, there's, there's no effect. Elliot Rivetti, PhD, everybody. That's uh, Elliot's <laughs> <laughs> medical opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, this I, I've I've actually just been um, offered a seat at the uh, World Health Organization. Um, they're gonna they're bringing me more in for morale. No, Elliot, we wanted you to clean the seats at the World Health Organization. <laughs> 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 oh boy, I think I'm I'm pretty excited because this is the first time our woo is actually going to be because like the the microphone that I had on my laptop that was doing the um. The heavy lifting of the woo before could not lift. It, the decibels got too high and uh, fell apart. And it also fell apart for our listeners. So hopefully this is the first woo that comes through nice and nice and clear for you. I gotta say, I'm I I don't share your optimism. I think you might be uh, pixelated, vocally pixelated as we speak. I'm I'm uh, I don't know. It's a, every time we do this, you've like bragged about the audio quality before hearing what the audio <laughs> quality is. <laughs> I think it's like it's uh it, it's like that that uh, I took a page out of Hitler's book, you know. Just keep telling a lie. Bigger, the bigger, the better, and people will believe it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many pages you've taken out of Hitler's book in uh, our short time as friends. I feel like his life is is Mein Kampf. <laughs> he's literally he's ripping a page out of Mein Kampf as we speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. I, I <laughs> Smoke joints out of pages from my <laughs> Just get get stuck inside me. Oh, <laughs> like the soul of Hitler. This is a, this is a true story. A friend of mine, when he was eighteen, no, got a, yeah got arrested <laughs> in Munich for snorting a line of cocaine off a copy of Mein Kampf. What? Yeah, yeah. It was he uh, was in a. I think it was in uh, for Oktoberfest, and he was in a tent, and he was snorting lines of coke off the cover of Mein Kampf, as you do <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> and a, Everyone around him with plates just got left alone, and they're like, with us. <laughs> they're like, oh, he's bringing a bag. Put a copy of Mein Kampf in the microwave, would you? <laughs> oh, bro, that's the, they, they do take a very, like, have you ever met a German? Um, I mean, of course you have, but, like, have you ever met a German that's fresh off the boat sort of thing? And uh, there's sort of a, there's like a guilt, a German guilt that, that they all sort of have where um, they're sort of very keen to let you know as quickly as possible that they don't hate Jews. <laughs> as, soon as, you, as soon as they talk to them, we're like, yeah, because like the, the thicker the German accent, I think the more that they think that we just have an interpretation of them from movies. And we're like, oh, this guy probably. And he's like, no, 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 I'm progressive. And, and that was a long time ago. And you're like, and they're always yeah. very lovely people. But out of oh, like, just so you know. Yeah, my grandfather does not speak for me. We are... We have our own opinions. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, Actually, are you German? Do you have any German in you? I think I do, like, 
I think great grandmother is German. Uh, I think okay. somewhere along the line, but I've just got like every Anglo nationality. I have a I have some in me. It's like English, <laughs> Scottish, Irish, Welsh, French, German, uh, and that's uh, you know German is ex- as exotic as my bloodline gets. <laughs> I love the idea of your nana trading trading secrets. <laughs> between Australia and Germany. <laughs> she's like, she's, she was like a sleeper cell and you just got stuck here. <laughs> yeah, and like not even during the war, in like the 1950s. She's like, we'll be <laughs> She's like one of those Japanese soldiers that didn't know it was over. <laughs> didn't believe it. <laughs> have you, you must have, you've read that story about the guy, was it like an island in the Philippines or something? And they kept looking yeah. for this Japanese general who just refused to believe the war was over. By like the late I'm not even 50s, sure they were looking still... for him. Weren't they? I, I they thought just they were trying up... to... Oh, okay. I think they just stumbled upon him like a lost, you know what I mean? And he was just like a guy in a hole and uh, they were like, wait a minute. And he I, he was obviously hostile because he thought anyone coming through the hole was, uh, you know, <laughs> he didn't know who won at that point, which is <laughs> in one level, an unbelievable amount of dedication, but in another level, just pick up the newspaper. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just go out to go, go outside. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like uh, when you wake up in the morning and there's been a sports, like some kind of big sporting event that's happened overnight, and you're like, oh, I wonder what, I wonder what happened. I'll, I'll just <laughs> continue to live in mystery until I find out. Yeah, it's like a guy. He's uh, he wants to be a comedian. He spends like a bunch of years writing jokes, and he comes out, and they're like, no, 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 comedy's been outlawed. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Do those those are all useless on those pieces of paper. Yeah, I mean, that's kind um, of the situation we're in right now, to be fair. Comedy has essentially been outlawed. I know. <laughs> would you... You and would, I are s- selling bits on the corner. Would you... Have you got any interest? Have you done any Zoom gigs or online gigs? Funny you ask that. Funny you ask that. I actually had my stepdad uh, say uh, to me... Well, it was like, he gave me a call out of the building. He goes, hey, I was just thinking... Um, we just had this guy come in and do comedy for us and it was great. It was a zoom meeting and our weekly meeting. I meet, uh, we've, we've all been getting together and uh, doing some sort of event just to sort of keep the morale up. And I was wondering, would you want to do zoom comedy? And I was like, Oh, you know, like he was coming to me, like it was like a business idea that I hadn't thought of. And I was like, ah, it's just, you know, like a lot of the magic of someone telling jokes on stage is lost when they're not on stage. You know what I mean? When it's just mm. in front of your computer, but look I, as a challenge, I'd be willing to do it. And he goes, yeah, yeah, cool. Look, there wouldn't be any pay, but, uh, and I was like, imme- immediately, no, immediately, <laughs> immediately no. I was like, but I'm not going to debase myself in front of your friends for, uh, <laughs> for nothing. I'm not that kind of whore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I would need, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things that I'm, I'm really frightened by the idea of doing, but you do it once. You're like, okay, that was actually more fun than I thought it would be. Have you ever seen a Zoom comedy gig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. There's a definitely a certain because I watched Bill Burr's one, the one that he did. Oh yeah. Um, with the mass sort of attendance audience, that was and look, he's the best. It's like saying you know, oh, I don't like comedy, but I, oh, you, I, you, I like Eddie Murphy. You know what I mean? It's just he's mm. the tip of the mountain kind of thing. But I have seen some people do a really good job. Um, fuck, what's that guy's name? Um, he's under Mark David's management. Uh, Mark David, who runs Happy Endings in Sydney. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he's the the bald guy that always does the MCing for him. Gary Eck. Oh yeah, yeah. Gary, um, I watched him slay something. He did a really good job. He was actually on um, Today, Today News kind of thing because oh, okay. uh, for like, you know, it was at the beginning of COVID uh-huh. lockdown and people talking about how 
comedy has to go to Zoom. And then he was in there and he was just fucking crushing it, kind of, because his pace didn't let it. It was like it was a one-man conversation. He was taught, he was asking questions that he would answer immediately kind of thing and didn't allow any oxygen in the... And I just feel like the way that I do comedy where I'm setting up, you know, a laughter, I'm going to see people not... It's like when people write lol, but they didn't actually laugh. I'm just going to see a whole bunch of, like, lol responses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I think... Gonna... I, I, I was thinking about this, how, like, I think it definitely suits a certain kind of comic. You know when a, a comedian is really good at just kind of sounding like your friend telling a story? Those kind mm-hmm. of comics would be great on Zoom because the context makes sense. Like, these are guys who are used to using this same platform to do business meetings. So they kind of just want, like, a regular person talking to them. Whereas I think if you started mm. doing jokes about the gender murder gap on Zoom, they're like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Why is this? Also, my boss is right there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't laugh at this. <laughs> no, I think that's a great point, actually. Um I would like to give myself a challenge with it, but I don't want to do it with uh, with my stepdad's work uh, co-workers, you know what I mean? And just have them be like, oh, so that's what he's doing? <laughs> what does he do for work? <laughs> he works in um, advertising. He works in uh, what is media for the government. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not your audience. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he's so liberal, dude. I've been listening to a little bit of Alan Jones recently and I bought him up and he all but like got angry at me. <laughs> he was like, why would you listen to that shock jock? That's the kind of shit your grandparents had listened to or something. And I'm like, I don't know. He's got some pretty good points. And he just started talking about making some like very liberal points. And I was like, all right, there's a lot of emotion in this. Can we just go back to whatever we were talking about before? <laughs> Man, this is not anything. I don't think many, oh, I don't know what our listenership is like, but you and your stepdad and your stepdad is the one with the liberal views. Like your stepdad's like, but what yeah, about yeah, Bernie yeah. Sanders? And you're like, well, I mean, <laughs> that communist. <laughs> no, dude. He's he's a real like liberal, real feminist, real fucking he's uh a real softy kind of thing. But um but he and I we, we kind of butt heads a little bit on on politics, but nothing aggressive. It's just like why do you why do you think that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um anyway, let's not talk about politics on here. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? Like, we, we we should we should always have we should have like a little dedicated um like 120 seconds of politics and it's just you and i fumbling through nothing and we need to hit and the the timer needs to be loud the alarm needs to be unmissable so we know to move on also the ticking also the ticking of the clock is like really loud i think to be fair the reason that it's come up is so far i think my three nicknames from our zoom versions of this podcast have been tommy astrazeneca tommy vaccine and tommy berejiklian Oh, no, Tommy, t- Delta. T- t- Tommy, Tommy Delta. Delta Tommy Delta. Tommy Berejiklian was just a voicemail I received. <laughs> oh, I got to show you. I got to. I'll put this up on the Instagram. But I ha- got to show you. I was looking at my phone the other day. My voicemails. You're the only person that leaves me voicemails. I'm like, this is what it looks like to do a podcast with Elliot Rivetti. You just have like twelve voicemails from Elliot, all exactly three minutes long, because you just keep going until it cuts yeah, you until- off. Until it cuts over, he goes, if you'd like to send the message, hit one. And I'm like, I wasn't even halfway through. <laughs> and I was like, and it, it, it lets me go back and listen to my uh, to my recording. I'm like, that's some there, there's some salient points. All right, we'll send that. <laughs> yeah, you're taking notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're uh, like, but yeah, no, you're welcome for those. Yeah, T, I'm gonna go send Tom a voicemail. I'll be back in 45 minutes. <laughs> I know um, Otis James. He sometimes goes. Uh, whenever I get a missed call from you, 
sometimes I'll try and call you back and, and uh, like immediately and it won't connect because and, and I'll be like, well, well, he must be on another call. And then four minutes later, I'll get a voicemail message. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> four <laughs> minutes of voicemail. <laughs> uh, so I was going to tell you about this. I was started talking about this off pod. Big week for the podcast this week. We unveiled our new look and feel, our new brand for the Tremendous Podcast. Yeah. Big shout out to Jacob Lingard, who did an amazing job in making us look like a, a professional podcasting outfit. Um, Jacob Lingard is the man. He has the disposition of the Riddler. And uh, <laughs> and he is he's killing it in the in the graphic design game as well as the comedy game. I also saw Jacob Lingard and I. We both bombed a gear. Quick little note: both bombed a gear to twelve taps uh, in in King's Cross. It was just the worst audience. He's an, he's emceeing, and I had he was like a Terminator. He just kept telling jokes and looking at these people, being like, "I oh, didn't like that one." Okay, here's another one. Came off stage, not a drop of sweat on him. Nothing, not like a <laughs> tremor. Nothing. And I was like, "You are a T one thousand, my friend." That guy, he was. Uh, He's, he's really good. Anytime you can see a show with Mr. Jacob Lingard, go and watch that experience, uh, Ace Ventura. <laughs> what was, okay. Uh, the, um, yeah, I, I, I can, I've had the same experience that Jacob, well, I assume that Jacob had in delivering. I remember that gig at 12 Taps and doing it to zero response whatsoever. And by the end of yeah. it, I'm just imagining one by one every crowd member's execution and how I would do it because I was so angry <laughs> at them. Uh, but no, we, he did a great job rebranding our podcast, giving us a, a whole bunch of like a real, really cool look, I think. And I was telling you before how I've used that to kind of clip up. I've been uh, divvying up the clips of our podcast, right? That we can put out to people and kind of promote the podcast to, to those who aren't listening. And uh, one of the things you can do is you can put them on Instagram Reels. So Instagram Reels is kind of like TikTok for Instagram where you just click on it and it just th pumps through the algorithm what you might be interested in. So mine is like MMA highlights and then golf sh lot shots and then uh, stand-up comedy bits and you just kind of flick through at your own, your own pace. What happens is when you're f new to the platform, TikTok does this as well, they give you a boost because the idea is like, well, if you're Justin Bieber and you've just started an Instagram account and you're putting videos out there, you shouldn't have to build up from zero because they'll push it out to some people and they'll realize that everyone goes nuts for it. They go, okay, we should probably elevate this higher. So they give you a push on that first one. Our first video that I put out got 5,000 views the day I put it out. Uh, the next one I put out got 120. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first one got out four, like 5,000 views and seven likes. And Instagram was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no one needs to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think that they... I don't even think Instagram knows that they need to see it. They should make a partnership with us and Yuli's. It should be a dual partnership. <laughs> we should sign the contract on the same oak table. Um, it should all just be done in one afternoon. Oh, man. Social media is so hard. Like, I, you, <laughs> you, you kind of... It's the same as we spent like an hour trying to make this podcast look and sound good and it'll probably still look and sound like shit. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Then you see people... I said to my girlfriend... Well, I was like, did it sound any better this week? She's like, nah, not really. <laughs> uh, I'm very well, once we once we get out of lockdown and we can get into Anthony Skinner's bachelor pet, uh, I, I I have full. Uh, I mean, even the thing we did with him on that um, what's it called, Saw Legs Club podcast looked great, looked really cool. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I can't wait till we get into the skin cave. It's mm. extra chilly in there. 
and uh, <laughs> he's got he's got multiple camera angles. He doesn't use all the cameras for some reason. Sets them up and makes space in his living room. Takes up space, but doesn't turn them on for some reason. I don't know why. It doesn't matter though. Um, <laughs> he's got a really good. He's got a tremendous setup, and we're looking forward to making the new undisclosed location of the labo- laboratory, the lab, uh, in Skinner's um in Skinner's living room. <laughs> it, you know, the lab <laughs> sounds more impressive than Skinner's living room. He, he experiments in there. Yeah, that's true. It, that's yeah. Let's leave that right there. I think uh, he. Um, I did love for a long time. You would just refer it as the new tremendous studio, and I'm like, "Well, you mean you mean Anthony's apartment? <laughs> you mean <laughs> Anthony's kitchenette?" Hey, man! It, just because it went from one apartment didn't mean that it was any less of an apartment in the next one. And also a studio. Yeah. <laughs> and also a studio. Today's podcast is not brought to you by the tremendous offensive joke protectors. It's Saturday night. You're at a party with some friends having a great time. But oh no, you've misread the situation and told a joke far too offensive for this group of people. Good thing you hired the tremendous offensive joke protectors. With almost 20 years combined experience in telling horrendously inappropriate jokes, Tom and Elliot will accompany you to any social event ready at any moment to let loose a gag so horrific, nobody will be thinking about you anymore. Tremendous offensive joke protectors have puns, street jokes and one-liners from a range of unspeakable subjects like racism, sexism, the holocaust, gay panic, the LGBTQI community, Islam, illness, death, suicide, kidnapping and of course, pedophilia. The Tremendous Offensive Joke Protectors I don't know who invited those two guys, but they've got to go. All right, I got uh, this. Is what I got for you this week. Have you ever been? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Elliot Rivetti style of podcasting, which is take a story and somehow turn it into a question. Which is <laughs> Elliot, have you ever been kicked out of a group because of a joke you made? <laughs> Holy shit! Probably, um, because of a joke that I made. You see how fucking hard this is to do. This is what you do to me every week. Like Tom, no, have but- you ever been kidnapped? <laughs> <laughs> well, what comes to mind though? I remember there was this one thing that sort of uh, comes to mind. I'm probably gonna remember more as I go on. Like I'll probably get to the end of the podcast and be like, oh yeah, that. I remember we were playing this game called soccer tennis. My year would all play soccer tennis. And uh, we it was like basically handball, except you had to use your feet and your head kind of thing, mm-hmm. like soccer rules. And um, we'd play like four square kind of thing, you know, four square with like four people. And then there'd be a line of other people that want to come in once someone gets eliminated. And uh, I think, I, I can't remember what I, I, there was this girl in the group and everyone sort of like, had a crush on this girl kind of thing. Like, I, you know, like some guys did kind of thing. So it was one of those things where it was like, they they would bitch out and be and, and take her side if worse came to worse. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we were playing soccer tennis and um, I kicked the ball and it hit this girl in the head. It was a complete accident. She's playing the game, I'm playing the game, hit her in the head. And she kind of looked at me rather than we're like, we were playing a game, like I did it on purpose. And I was like, what? I didn't even, I didn't even mean to. Anyway, we kept playing. A couple plays later, I kicked the ball right into her stomach. <laughs> right, in, right into her stomach. And everyone's turned on me. Everyone turned on me in the group. They were like, Elliot, that was totally on purpose. I was like, it really wasn't. And there was one girl 
one girl in the group named Billy who was like, there's no way Elliot meant to do that on purpose. He's a good guy. Like stood up for me kind of thing. Everyone immediately turned on me for this girl. Guys and girls. I was like, you're all fucked. <laughs> uh, you want to kick a ball at you? <laughs> you yeah, you were, well above, you were well ahead in the whole we can't believe all women phase. <laughs> I didn't believe any of them. It's <laughs> <laughs> starting with my mother. <laughs> You're like, well, Billy's on my side, so I gotta hit her next to back up her point. If I if I hit Billy and she's the only ally I have, no one will believe that I'm doing this. The on only purpose. women I hang out are, uh, the only women I hang out with have men's names. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I'll make it. Up. Yeah, no, that was um one of the closest sort of things that I remember to being kicked out. There's got to be more though. There's got to be more. All right, well, why don't, um, why don't, I'll, I'll tell you why I asked that question. And if you can think about anything while, I, while I'm talking about it, we can circle back. But um, so one of the things that I've been doing during lockdown uh, to try and make the most of this time was there's a there's an author that I quite like who writes a lot of like advice for people who are creatives and who people who want to make a living out of, of making things. And he does a workshop online for creatives. And it's for, like everyone from like painters to actors to writers to whatever and you can go on and it's like there's lessons and there's like this ongoing thing where you're meant to kind of like every day you're meant to post something about your progress and your process towards towards um reaching whatever your goal is and i gotta say there were some fucking cooked people on this website on this workshop like the one that stood out to me and um i can't reach this anymore because i've been kicked out of the workshop which is where the story is going but uh, there was this woman, like this 55-year-old woman who was like a, some kind of mist. She counted herself as like a mystic artist from New Mexico. And she posted a video of her in see-through lingerie hitting a pillow against a wall. And that was her art for the day. Anyway. <laughs> there, as you might... Imagine a lot of my jokes didn't quite fit the mold of what a lot of these other inspired artists were working towards. And uh, so one of the things you meant to do is every day you meant to post like a little bit of your work or a reflection on what you've been working on. And, and I, so I shared some of my jokes and I've been sharing stuff along the way and nothing had ever really happened. Nothing had come up. And uh, I log in one day and my account's been suspended. And I'm like, what the, what what happened? And I get an email and they said, one of your posts has been flagged for inappropriate content that is not a, uh, that is not in line with our community guidelines. And so uh, I had a 24-hour ban and I rocked up. And this was, this was the joke, which the tremendous people are going to get a, a little inside look into because uh, I'm, it's one of the ones I've written since lockdown happened and I'm very, very excited about it. But the joke is... <laughs> um, the average cost of a slave sold on the dark web is twelve thousand US dollars. But if you use my promo code, <laughs> so that's the joke. That's a great joke. I'm very happy joke. with the joke, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I get a message to say um, your joke has been accused of uh, of um, you know systematic racism and tolerance of racism uh <laughs> it has been taken down because it has upset one of our community members and I, I kind of like i got a message from the moderator of the thing being like this is why it's been taken down and i i was like look okay you know to be fair 
in Australia, we don't really have as like a bigger history of slavery as in the States. Like maybe I didn't think about how that might trigger certain people. And the guy responds back with like, slavery is not an American issue. It is a global issue that we are going to address. And I was like, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's partly an American issue though, isn't it really? Like in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Um, anyway, so I was like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to post any more jokes. I'm just going to like use it to like reflect on the process and, and think about what I want to do with stand up. So I, I, I decided for the rest of this thing, cause I'm on, I'm on thin ice. I'm not going to post any more jokes. Um, a week later I go to log into the platform. My account's been terminated and I have no <laughs> idea why I just can't get in. I'm like, I, I have no idea what I've done. And, uh, I eventually kind of get onto someone and the thing that they told me was like they they kind of alluded to what the thing was and I and I realized what they the reason I got banned was there was this question about what is it about the way you do your art that's going to attract people and the point that I was making is like oh I want to make jokes that kind of tap into like a subconscious I want to make jokes that are almost like jokes that you would tell on the street to tell other people because there's just like an inherent structure to them that we recognize. I want to make jokes mm. that end up being like a blonde and a brunette and a redhead uh, are talking or uh, a, a rabbi walks into a bar because I think those are universal joke structures. And I get an email to say, uh, you implied that jokes about certain minority groups that you are not a part of, marginalized groups in our society, are universally appreciated. And we do not agree with that perspective. And so we are uh, kicking you out of the workshop and giving you a full refund. So because <laughs> I implied that something might happen to a rabbi in a bar that might be anti-Semitic, I've been kicked out of this workshop. <laughs> I didn't even say Tommy what happened to the rabbi. Crimes. Anything could happen. I mean, thought crimes. <laughs> I didn't oh say what God. happened to the love... rabbi. Oh Remember man, that? I just I love the I love the idea of uh, of someone posting their art for the day, and it's just the sun coming through their window and making a little bit of rainbow on the wall, and then right under that, slaves. <laughs> 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 and they're like, "What?" I would find the I would find the banging a pillow against the wall so much more offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the, you know the other ones that come to mind was one guy who made f handmade frames, as in like picture frames, and then a woman who took yeah. a lot of photos of her cat in black and white, <laughs> and then me, you know, really attacking the myth of the gender pay gap. Those were the three types of art. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, on that group, I'm sure it goes, uh, in terms of jokes you can't make, it goes cats and then slavery. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was the group I was kicked out of for, for my for my joke making. For my How sins. much did they charge you for that fucking workshop? Uh, well, nothing now. I got it all back. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't my question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elliot, the amount of money that would hurt your feelings is what I spent... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just annoyed that you paid to be in proximity of these idiots. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure if we've talked about this on the podcast, but I remember the first time we met at Tudor Comedy and seeing you on stage and you did really well. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy must be pretty legit. And then the next time I saw you was at um, <laughs> uh, Two Wolves Cantina Molotov. at Molotov and you just bombed up a storm. And I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is, yeah, I know. That's. <laughs> I wonder if I ever recovered from that night in your eyes. <laughs> oh no! To be fair, I had the exact same uh, experience of myself. I left Tudor being like, "Man, this shit's easy," and then I left Molotov being like, "Well, actually, no, I left Molotov being like that. Those audience were fucking idiots. They just don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't know what they're missing." <laughs> Wait, what, I've got what a quick if, question for you. Go for it, please. I've got a quick question for you right here, uh, Tommy. Um, well, it's, it's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. Uh, have you ever been in a fist fight before? I've never been in a fist fight before. You've never been in a fist fight? Never. Even as a kid? Uh, I have vague recollections of like when I was really young on a playground, but I don't think... I think I built it up in my mind as being a fight, but I don't think it actually was. Okay. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you, Tom, um, what was the race of the first person you fought? <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> you know, we can, we can get the tremendous uh, listeners to vote and we can make it happen. We can. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom's like, I don't know what... What je- what race my inner demons are? I don't know. <laughs> I think white like me. <laughs> oh. uh, um, no, I well. Yeah, no, no. I've, I've, no, I've never, never, never been in a fight. I'm all. I think this is where one of the fundamental areas you and I differ. I, I'm all flight. You know, fight or flight. I'm, <laughs> I'm all like. I see the starts of a fight happening on the other side of the room, and I'm like, I'm already ordering an Uber. I'm like, I gotta. This isn't safe. <laughs> I, I have a friend, Joey Donaghy, uh, very good, very close friend of mine, one of my best friends, and uh, I've always called him the eye of the storm because um, he can just sit in the middle of a room where everyone is getting punched in the face and no one touches him. <laughs> because he's, and he's not even big. He's just innocent looking. <laughs> he's just like, nah, he's, he's just so me kind of thing that when people are like lining up who they're going to punch across the room, no one ever looks at Joey. And I'm always like, you're the, you always sit in the eye of the storm, you cunt. And like, no, never, never have to or do anything. <laughs> uh, ne- if, if I'm ever in the same place as Joey, make sure you introduce me and I'm just going to hang on his hip the entire night. <laughs> Just in the off chance that someone spills a beer out of your hand and you start throwing fists. <laughs> no, no. Um, the, reason I, the reason I bring it up was because the first time that I got in a fight was um, we were playing down at this park. My I, I was um, great friends with my neighbor, Habib, this uh, Lebanese guy. And we lived in Tempe. And down at the local park, there were like, you know, those park um, grills, like those you pay to use the grill kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And like the bunch of families sort of... Like a barbecue, rather. And uh, a bunch of families and stuff would go down there on the weekend and meet and eat. Um, Middle Eastern families. And they'd all play. And, like, the kids would play rugby and stuff. And, like, I would go down with them every every time they went. And um, this one time I went, we went and played rugby. And we, like, we kicked the shit out of these 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 other this other team. Like, these kids kind of thing. And um, and we were kids as well. But uh, with me, my, my neighbor, Habib, was a little bit older. And he had his cousin there, Bilal who was even older than him and loved me as well. Like lo- every time he was around would always be like, where's Elliot kind of thing, you know, couldn't wait to hang out and he was the best. But um, I got, we played this rugby game and then we all went back to go to lunch and I got separated from the group and these like eight kids, like from the other team, uh, these Lebanese kids, they were all like younger than me or my age had all I could tell had all been in fights before and I'd been doing martial arts for like years at this point, but the way that they were like talking and setting it up, they'd all been in fights before and done this thing. Like how, being like how old a, a were you at this time? Um, 12. Okay. 13. 
and um and they were like like a pack of wolves they just started like surrounding me and like uh and and getting all around and then it just it, it turned into a fight like this one big kid came up and just started like trying throwing punches with me and um then they we, we ended up on the ground i just remember them all kicking me like while i was on the ground and then getting up and running away crying and uh bilal the big guy was like where are they? Like, we're going to fucking, he's like, we're going to stomp on their heads kind of thing. And I was like, yes, Bilal. <laughs> so, but, uh, but I remember being like, uh, every, but the, yeah, I was like, I remember thinking about it. I was like, oh yeah, the, the first uh, race of, uh, the first race that I ever fought was Lebanese. It was a lot of them. <laughs> was, they're in their cousins. <laughs> and that trend has continued ever since. <laughs> it's all I fight now, exclusively, if I can. <laughs> uh, how, how do you, like, what is... What is the feeling you associate with getting in fights? Like, what is the, like, tell, tell me what it's like. How many fights do you reckon you've been in in your life in a, in a rough estimate, in a rough estimate? Um, many fights, Tom, man. Like, countless. <laughs> I couldn't even, like, I, 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 I couldn't remember them all and stuff like that. I could, pro- I could probably go back and, like, and, and chart them all, but... Um, Please do that for the next episode. I desperately <laughs> want to go through them one by one. But, like, many, is it... Many, is it, many. Is it ten? Is it fifty? Is it a hundred? It's it's more than ten, less than fifty. Okay, okay. <laughs> ten less than fifty. Yeah. yeah. Have have you but have have you fought more men or had sex with more women? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can answer that without getting in trouble. <laughs> men. <laughs> I fucked more men, Tom. <laughs> And then I fought them. And I've only, and I've only fought two women. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, there were like lo- lots of fights. And what, what do you mean? When? What? How do I think about them? Um, like, in the moment, prior yeah, or after? In the moment. In the moment. What? Is, what does being in a fight feel like to you? Terrifying. Really? Yeah. It's ter- I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's scary. It's it's terrifying. But like, there's also a lot like. I um I don't know I, I, a lot of people have personal lines that they draw you know what I mean and I'd like to think that I draw my personal line really far away so that if anyone crosses it I'm like how did we get here you know what I mean how did you I've drawn this so far away that you jump the fence back there you walk past the signs and you just kept going you know what I mean <laughs> and like I, like I I put and and so I like to push it so far away that if you do cross it I'm like well uh, now I'm justified to do what I'd like. Okay, and, um, but let me. I remember a story you've told me on this podcast. I think first five episodes mm-hmm. potentially it was you. I think it was at the Marley Hotel. In my in my mind, I've said it in the oh, Marley yeah, yeah, Hotel, yeah. and that was like. And just brief that recap. That wasn't a fight, though. But you. But it could have been, and you were open yeah, to it been. being a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, saw. First of all, I saw the bitch in this guy's eyes, so I was like, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. And then. Uh, there's also, it's a line. I'm not going to have this guy shove me in front of a group of girls that I'm with and then do nothing and just acquiesce and be like, oh, you have a good night, man. Could I get you another drink? I'm going to let you know that you picked the wrong one. You know See, what but I mean? No, but, then, but your line isn't that far away then. Because my, my line is so far away from being pushed in front of a group of girls. Oh, no. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> do you have a line? <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's found it yet. <laughs> not even me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's like a line. Oh, yeah, like, no, you show me respect, like, and I show you respect. I'm in like public situations, getting like slapped around the face by some guy in front of all of my friends and family. And I'm like, 
<laughs> still no, huh? Still, still nothing. <laughs> Internally, I'm like, nah, I'm still, as shocked still as you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you got a Fight Club just to see what, how much, how much you beat up before you get annoyed. <laughs> You're like, I think I found my inner line, guys. Thanks. <laughs> uh, no, oh, I should, mean that should be that should be a segment. Tommy stands up for himself. <laughs> 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 I think we've we we may have seen that segment in this podcast, but just haven't had a name for it, and it's just ended up with actually no, that's what happened two weeks ago on this podcast in the unreleased episode that the world will never see. That was Tommy stands up for himself, <laughs> and Tommy stands up for himself sounds like this. I'm not having fun right now. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you should never stand up for yourself. <laughs> Wait, unless you have two dollars, you can listen to that episode on uh, Patreon. When you release it, <laughs> you can listen. Oh, um, um, but right, but do you really like? Are you really? Do you really find fighting frightening? I feel like okay in the situation. I mean, you said you saw the bitch in that guy's eyes, so maybe there's different kinds of fighting. But like, it sounds yeah. from memory, the guys bumped into you and like kind of mugged you off a little bit. It was. It would have been. And he's a much bigger than me. This fucking guy. Yeah, like yeah Swedish yeah. or something. But you could have very easily not been in a position to. Fo- not that you fought him in the end anyway, but it would have been very easily to like to not have to fight him at all. I guess there's things you not find with my frightening nuts me to do anyway. <laughs> not with my nuts intact. I couldn't have been like, yeah, because I was leaving the venue. I was leaving the venue anyway. So then I was like, all right, I'll. Uh, I'm, I, I, there's no chance of bumping into this guy again or saving face or something like that. I was just like, this guy's, I'm going to leave the venue after being like assaulted by this fucking jackwit. No, no, it's not, it's not going down like that. <laughs> it's going down like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm, and then I regret it. <laughs> yeah. It's I think usually, when <clears throat> can I say this? Whenever I've won a fight very convincingly and just been like, without having them be like, um, like they cross the line or something like that, that's turned into a fight and then they've lost and then acquiesce and been like, I'm sorry or something like that. I've never felt good about myself. I've never felt good, never felt good about myself. I always feel like a piece of shit. I always felt like there's another way I could have dealt with it. I always felt like there's, um, I didn't want to see that in him. I only, in my head, I was like, I've built this guy up to be like, talk, you know, I don't know, and and he, he may have stood over my unconscious body and yelled shit if, if if he had the opportunity or something like that. But like in my head, after I defeat him, I'm like, this wasn't as good as what it, what I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? It's it's never a it's it's never a satisfying feeling. Sort of All right. mostly, yeah. Ne- next week, when you uh when you've had time to reflect on on your uh, the number of fights you've been in, I also want a record of wins and losses. What's 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 Elliot Rivetti <laughs> <laughs> with twenty two wins and seven losses? <laughs> 22 one wins no and 34 losses <laughs> <laughs> and one the teacher broke it up <laughs> yeah i'll do my best i'll try and i'll try and get some some nice ones for you some hard numbers good stuff i should i should get some i should get some witnesses to call them. <laughs> you leave no witnesses that's what i've heard <laughs> it's exhausting but you're right <laughs> This podcast is not brought to you by the tremendous Knuckle Dusters. Ever been looking down at your old rusty pair of Knuckle Dusters as you smashed someone in the face and thought, man, these Knuckle Dusters hurt my knuckles. I wish there was someone out there thinking about my needs. Well, now we're introducing the tremendous Knuckle Dusters. Now with twice the blood resistant padding so that you can extort, intimidate, 
and extort all day without even hurting your poor little knuckle wuckles. Want to add something a little bit more personal to your next brouhaha? Try the tremendous knuckle dusters engravement option. Engrave your name, gang, or religion, or any other shit cunt title you just can't keep to yourself. The acronym for the tremendous knuckle dusters is TKD, which is also the acronym for Taekwondo, which is also an example of something you won't need anymore with the tremendous knuckle dusters. Introducing the tremendous knuckle dusters. Now hold still while I punch you in the forehead, or else my initials will bruise crooked. Alright, Tommy. Um, have you ever in your life as a young man or as a man in the age that you are right now presently, uh, have you ever s had the opportunity to, to steal, take whatever word, adjective you'd like to use there, uh, and, and take something without being noticed? However, um, did you get away with it? Did you not get away with it? Uh, did you, did you fess up and, 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 and did you, you, you know, um, bad feelings get to you when you were like, I, I, I my conscience, what happened? The the only the only thing that I can think of, or the things that come to mind, both of them were in, um, both of them were when I was on exchange in the states, uh, and it was always things that were more kind of like sentimental value than physical value. So I remember yeah. uh, one of them wasn't me, but like I was with my mates when this happened. That we were at like some guy's house. One of those nights, like I don't know if you've been in these situations where you kind of like you're kind of jumping from place to place. So you start drinking at one person's house and then they go, yes. oh, we're going to go to our friend's place and you go to there and then they go, oh, we're going to go to a party at this place. It was like the third venue we've been to. We have no fucking clue who this, whose house this guy is. And um, in his living room, he's got like this Goku figurine. And two of my mates are big Dragon yeah. Ball guys apparently and they were like, we have to take that. Like we just have to take it with us. And for oh, some no. reason helped themselves to it at as a guest in this person's house and took it to the next party. And I'm pretty sure would have left it at the next party, uh, which in hindsight is one of those things like, I think that's like worse than stealing. That's worse than stealing anything from a shop because this is something that someone's like put on display in their living room. They obviously love. Um, that's the first, that wasn't yeah. me. The other and one. They let you in their house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Fools. That's what they get. They they'll be more selective next time. <laughs> uh, and then the only other thing I remember is again uh, in the states of exchange, we went to another university, and uh, we were like, uh, we knew some students that was at the union. We were there for for a party, and uh, they were living in these big university halls, and they had this massive purple carpet, like, or I don't know if carpet's the right word, but like, um. Or it was like Matt at the front of the university. And it was a huge, this massive thing. And we just thought, like, wouldn't that look great in our dorm room? So we took the floor mat from it and then ended up back. And it was just like, it was the same size as the living room. And we got there and we were like, what the fuck are we going to do with this thing? But we just kind of stuck with it. <laughs> uh, those are those, yeah. Neither of them great stories, but they're oh, both beautiful. They're stories. <laughs> That's all so right. I, I spotlighted you, but those are good. Yeah, I want your brain so to be working. You know what I mean? Just, well, whatever. I appreciate story. it. So what? So what? Why have you asked? They're, they're, I'm sure there's a reason. You just, I just wonder. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I, look, I um, I remember when I lived in Ellie Barna and I was doing homeschool. I was still a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, Pokemon had just come out, right? And I'm about like nine years old, maybe like eight, eight between eight and ten years old. 
Pokemon had just come out and my neighbors uh, were this brother and sister, uh, Amy and Luke. And Amy would and Amy and Luke would always have the newest games, always have the newest, like always have Pokemon cards. You remember those starter decks? You remember starter decks? Mm. With starter packs or they're like um booster packs, sorry, the thin ones, the thin ones where they're like uh like a couple of cards and some of them would be like holograms and shit, you know? Yeah, have you seen what those are worth now, by the way? No, no. Like one of those packs is worth fifteen thousand dollars right now. Like a fresh mint one. Wow. They're worth so much money. Jesus Christ. Um yeah, okay. So they they look they like to a little kid, they're shiny. They've got new Pokemon cards. They have like a smell, like a new game mm. kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like when you open them, they're just so so magical. And my family, you know, we didn't always have the most amount of money, so we just didn't really when we got Pokemon cards, it was very lucky and it was far, far and few between, you know what I mean? Between like when we were getting more and we didn't celebrate Christmas. We didn't celebrate Christmas as Jehovah's Witnesses. And so my parents would always be like, uh, so this year, you know, it's coming around. Um, kids are going to be telling you what they got for Christmas. What are you going to say? You know what I mean? And, and like kind of test us as to you, how, uh, what, what do you, what, what do you know about the faith that we follow? You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> and shit like that. And, uh, and I was, we'd always just, you know, have to discuss that. And, one day, my brother and I, my dad actually got my brother and I business cards, fake little business cards made. And one of the things, it was like a Pokemon Trader. Uh, and on there was also Bush Bush Explorer because we would always explore the bush with a torch and like a backpack for a, like a couple of hours in the surrounding area. Mm. And we came out towards our place in this opening of the bush. And in the bush, like the same sort of magic as like porn in the woods, there are these starter packs just in the middle of the woods on the leaves and everything like these starter packs like someone's left these fucking starter packs here and what my brother and i go insane we're like what the fuck kind of thing we open them up we tell our neighbors and our neighbors go yeah our parents just for christmas got us a whole bunch of starter packs and lost them dropped the bags down the driveway while it was raining and a whole bunch of presents ro rolled down the hill towards your place i think those are our starter pack cards and it all started to hit me. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Of course, these are their starter pack cards. <laughs> Who leaves starter pack cards in the woods? This is like, this is obviously that like, this has come from them. Their parents have lost them kind of thing. And so for weeks, they would be hassling us because they knew we didn't get, we didn't get Pokemon <laughs> cards. And they were like, they were like, for weeks, they were like, uh, and the thing was, I got a Blastoise in there. I got a Blastoise and the, and they were like, uh, yeah, the guy at the store said that we were probably going to get some Blastoises in the packets that we got, uh, like trying to t trying to get us to fess up, and we were just like, nope. <laughs> we, we don't know anything about that. <laughs> and these definitely didn't come from the woods. <laughs> so wait, did you tell them that you found them in the woods, or did they just put two and two together where they saw you having nice things? <laughs> exactly that <laughs> exactly that they were like what that's like their their pokemon cards were missing you guys got pokemon cards your parents are broke what's going on <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what? Our, our parents might be broke but at least they can hold on to their fucking shopping bags you losers yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh it was christmas at the rivetti's that day <laughs> well you know we you guys <laughs> you guys are jehovah's witnesses and the lord works in mysterious ways <laughs> yes he does <laughs> uh all right let's 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 uh, bring this puppy to a close uh, so every every tremendous for the uninitiated every tremendous podcast ends with our joke of the week that's a street joke you can tell 
anyone and everyone who might want to hear it. Um, Elliot, I've, I've got one in the barrel, but I've also gone back to back. So do you, do you have one you'd like to share this week? Give me the third. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty for some Tom jokes while you've been away. So like, I'll, I'll have something for you next week. Okay, cool. Uh, so in, in honor of being kicked out from my workshop for implying that a joke about a rabbi could be funny, uh, I've, I've got a joke about a rabbi this week. Uh, so here we go. Uh, I don't get rabbi- you promoted in this group. <laughs> <laughs> a, a rabbi. A rabbi is on his deathbed. And uh, he's, he's, he's breathing his final breaths and his family is crowded around the bed. And he goes, he goes, where's my daughter? Is, is my daughter here? And his daughter comes up and holds her hand and says, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, Father. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. And she goes, and he goes, where, where are my grandkids? Are my, are my grandkids here? And the grandkids say, yes, yes, granddad. We're, we're here. We're here for you. And he goes, and where's, where, where are my, where are my Brothers and sisters, are they here as well? And I say, yes, we're here, brother. We're here for you now. And he goes, well, if my whole family is here, why is the light on in the kitchen? (laughs) (laughs) Is that that a pity laugh or is that... No, I mean, like, you, I, I, I wish you would have, like, prefaced that he was in his house dying. You know what I mean? (laughs) Where else would he be? Can he see the kitchen... <laughs> in hospital, have it in his deathbed. As I was telling it, I was thinking, how, why can't he see the family around his bed, but he can see the light on in the kitchen? I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably some nuances <laughs> in this joke I may have missed. Maybe I deserve to get kicked out of that workshop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that was, uh, that, you know, I've, I, if you want, I've got a joke that I wrote. <laughs> okay, do you want? Do you want to do a joke that you wrote? It's an old one. But I hadn't thought about it in a long time. It was one of the first jokes I wrote. And, uh, you know, here it is. <laughs> okay. So Bill Cosby is... Bill... <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Um, when I have a kid, when I have a kid for the first time and they need me to write them a, a note for them at school for the first time, um, I'm going to do it in all cutout magazine letters. Just so that they know that we're not fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) Should bring it back. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tremendous, everybody.